Brian Hiss on Brian Hiss on them. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that, that house looks familiar to <laughs> yeah. you, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. The house from A Christmas Story, right? All right. The gentleman who owns it is a guy by the name of Brian Jones. And I guess he has grown tired of people taking pictures of his house or showing up at and he really did not appreciate uh, actor Yano Anaya, who played Grover Dill mm-hmm. in the movie, uh, coming up and taking pictures of the house. Now, um, he he comes out onto the porch and yells, "Get the Snoop off my house!" He didn't say Snoop. He he used one of the words that Snoop was it's the oh, F, the F bomb. Wow, oh. this is what is yeah. <laughs> Get the f off my house! He yells at him over and over, and it was in a it it, it wound up in a video posted by TMZ, and the camera pans to Anaya standing on the steps as a line of fans wait to take pictures with him. So so fans were coming taking pictures with the guy who was in the movie, and the owner comes out and he's really mad. He goes, "Get away from my property and never come here again." Well, there's a little more to this as well as he. Slowly backs away from the house. It's in Cleveland, by the way. Then Jones yells, "You're such a scammer!" <laughs> Jones put the the home up for sale on November 14th, and what Anaya did was to publicly express his interest in buying the house. So that made him mad. So he accused Anaya of using a website to try and get people to donate and stuff, and then tells the actors, you guys ain't going to buy this place. I'm never selling it to you. So, uh, Jeez. Yeah, so that that was the deal. There was a lot of bah humbug. He's saying, I'm not selling it to you guys. I'll tell you that right now. There's no way I'm going to do that. Bah humbug. Yeah, so he was he was pretty upset about that. By the way, I... Uh a lot of people expect text line agreeing with me on my take about Christmas Story mm-hmm. being overrated. Okay. Just don't tell that to Bucky Godbolt. Thank you for your Christmas, support, Hold Texters. on. That's the one with Chevy Chase, right? No, oh, that's Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. That is a classic. Christmas Story is the awesome. one with the kid and the, the you know, the Red Rider. The oh, okay, Bumper. okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that deal. Okay. I always think of Ebenezer Scrooge, that story. That's a Christmas Carol. That's my favorite. Okay. Or Scrooge with Bill Murray. Maybe? Scrooge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you, have you tried Staples? He said something about the mouse's ears with the antlers. Anyway, um, okay, we got a chance to see what happened to Christian uh, Pulisic, right? I was going to say Okoye. I don't know which Christian you were going to that's a good Pulisic. Nigerian nightmare. No, Pulisic. The guy Christian. who had the game-winning goal for Took the U.S. Took a shot National. in the pills, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they say it didn't. It, that's not it. Um... That it, everybody thought he was hit low. He has denied it. His comment, <clears throat> and I quote, I didn't get hit in the balls. That was his That was his quote. He uh, And uh, he said it, what, it wasn't there, although it's been described as a pelvic. Yesterday I used the word pubic, but it was pelvic right, well, you you, contusion. The three of us can attest to this. You don't have to take a shot directly to the tender's. In to order feel to feel pain in the it, nether regions. Yeah. Correct. And I think that's what... Uh, so he was asked if he'd be able to play against the Netherlands <laughs> on uh, Saturday in the first knockout stage match. He was taking it day by day right now, but doing everything in my power to be able to be there on the field on Saturday. Just ice, ice down your crotchal area, do, you know, jump, bounce on your toes a few times, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You shake it. 
Take yeah. it out. Yeah, just bounce on your toes. Like like this here, Snoop. You still like this? <laughs> like yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, it drops the pain out of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Every man listening now knows the act I just described. Yep, absolutely. Uh, every uh, big college basketball fan knows who Fran Fraschilla is of ESPN. Damn he straight. joins us next when we continue with Life the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. Live local and digital on the Horn app and the hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Aussie. And I'm Aaron Bowersock. We are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the Austin area. To learn more about how these incentives can save you money on your new home, visit yourlonghornlender.com. And then I'll listen to 1326 From the Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK. KTAE AM. The Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. This is Life the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe alongside. Um, this is more than just an outstanding song uh, to play. Uh, the world lost Christine McVie yesterday. 79 years of age, of course, one of the lead singers, along with Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Had her own solo career. Great voice. And just uh, the iconic band, certainly in the 70s and 80s, are Fleetwood Mac and uh, Christine McVeigh. This also, Jeff Howe may remember this since he was at my wedding back in July, was the song that Linda and I walked out of the procession when the ceremony was over. We'd just been pronounced man and wife, and we walked out to You Make Love and Fun by Fleetwood Mac. Originally, it was supposed to be, remember, an outdoor wedding, so mm-hmm. it would have taken, so it would have uh, taken a little, uh, a little long. Um, so it would have taken a little longer for it to uh, play out, but because we had the rain and we moved it inside, we were out before the first ten seconds. You know, we'd walk down the thing, and I, I said, you know, the song was in halfway over. Everybody was already at the cocktail hour, but that's all right. And I very much took advantage of the cocktail hour. Well, sir. I'm glad to hear that. You also helped our next guest. I, I did not know this story. And, Fran probably and, doesn't remember. Well, we're, we're going to see if he does. Of course, you know him for his outstanding work on ESPN. College basketball analyst Fran Fraschilla joins us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. How are you this morning, Fran? Well, first of all, I'm great. Secondly, you make me now think about trying to find my plea uh, with Mac 8-tracks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which uh, 90% of your audience has no idea what we're talking about. But, uh, you know, like you, Mr. Way, I grew up with Sleetwood Mac and uh, Stevie Nicks. Boy, I had a crush on her uh, as an 18-year-old. But, uh, yeah, um, great to be with you guys. What's the story now? What did I do, right or wrong? Let me hear it, Jeff. Yeah, see? Go ahead, Jeff. Refresh his memory on this. Not bad at all, friend. This was, uh, Craig, I forget what year it was. It was the year that Texas and Texas A&M played at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. You had lost oh. your driver's license. We were looking for it, and during the course of the yeah. game, I felt something under my foot, and it was your driver's license, and I got it back to you. Very nice. 
Very nice. <laughs> you know my wife does now, and then Craig knows Meg for actually longer than uh, he's known me. That's correct. Uh, for, former Southwest Conference uh, communications uh, assistant, um, but she puts she puts a tile, an or an apple. I uh, the define the, the my eye. To find my tile now that Apple makes is a game changer. I know where my <laughs> luggage is anywhere in the world, even if I'm not connected to it bodily. So, wow, uh, it's yeah. I was I was on my way to uh, New York at a at a DFW changing planes in June to do the NBA draft, and I I could tell my luggage did not make it, and uh, I got to New York at eleven o'clock at night. It was clear it was still at Terminal A, American Airlines in DFW, uh, gate 36. And uh, luckily, some good old boy Cajun guy who was a Saints fan <laughs> in, in the baggage area found it, was really nice to me, put it on the next flight tomorrow, but all because I told him, my bag is at A36. And he said, yep, that's where we put the lost luggage. And he went and found it for me. So Wow. Just a little nugget there. It's called, uh, I don't know what it's called, but Apple makes it, and you stick it in your luggage or your briefcase, and you you can't, impossible to lose. I am. I made notes of that, uh, especially since I yep. uh, at least have to fly commercial up to New York for the Jimmy V since I have the women's game on Sunday, and uh, the, yes. the men will already be headed up to uh, the Big Apple. So uh, you've, you've seen an awful lot of college basketball. And before we get into this Texas-Creighton matchup, since you're yep. working the telecast tonight with Dave Pash, uh, let, yes. let, let me get your thoughts, first of all, on what has stood out to you overall, the macro, of this college basketball yeah. season so far in the first seven, six, seven, eight ball games, I would say that the enjoyment from watching older teams who, because of COVID, transfer portal, etc., um, we're seeing more veteran teams. Like I'd say, like last year and this year, post COVID. Um, so I think the the basketball is actually being played pretty well. Like. Uh, there aren't very many freshmen coming into college basketball that are dominating right now. You know, obviously there's a couple, but take a kid like Dylan Mitchell, who I absolutely love as a young man. And, uh, and he's going to be a high pick. He's going to be a top 10 pick. There's no question based on his long-term potential, but the Dylan Mitchells of the world don't come into good programs right now, having to be, you know, the be all end all. And they're allowed to kind of grow up over the course of the season and that will be true with guys who don't leave after one year. So I like I like the fact that there's so many veteran teams. And the team we're watching tonight, well, first of all, Texas fits that mode to a T. Um, and then even Creighton, who's a relatively young team, but they've got a number of guys like uh, the transfer Shireman, Kalkbrenner's a junior, the big kid people are going to like watching. And I think that's pretty much true over the course of you know college basketball. Indiana's very old right now. That's what sticks out. And I think the quality of play has improved because of it. Fran, are we at the point with the Big 12? It feels like we talk about this every year. I think I think Chris got asked about it and the availability the other day. Uh, you know, yeah. hey, is the league better than it was last year? Is it better than it was last year? Are we at the point with the Big 12 where it's kind of like the SEC in football where people just need to accept, hey, this league is probably going to be the best in the country top to bottom year in and year out regardless of what the circumstances are? It's a little different, Jeff. I think I think when you talk SEC football, you're talking about like uh, NFL athletes. You know, the thing about the Big Twelve through the course of time, at least in my almost uh, what's just about twenty. I've been at ESPN twenty years, and obviously mostly in the Big Twelve. Um, but the Big Twelve is different because 
because of the location and the, you know, the schools in Stillwater and Waco and Austin to an extent, although it's a large city, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, um, minus the occasional Kevin Durant or Joel Embiid, this league has made its own stars. You know, when you think of the Buddy Heels and the Javon Carters and the George Niangs and, you know, guys like that, if you go back and think of like A.J. Abrams and the non-NBA players. Jared Culver. Had. Yeah, Jared Culver's another guy, Zaire Smith. And so what I love about this league is it's developed its own stars and it's not just necessarily guys that are on the, you know, the top 30 uh, ESPN recruiting board. And that's been fun. Uh, the competition of home and home every year has made it that way. But I will tell you guys, I actually think the league is a little down this year uh, compared to the, where it's been the last few years. Um, Baylor's hit some bumps here. Um, you know, Kansas is still not where they were at the end of last year. Um, you know, Iowa State is better than I thought. K-State's playing pretty good. But I don't think – I think the league's still going to end up number one based on the Ken Palm rankings, and maybe two at the worst, but I think it's going to stay number one. I just don't think it's as strong as it's been like maybe the last three or four years. In other words, I it'd be really, really cool for the league to produce a third straight national champion and have it be someone other than Baylor or Kansas. And quite frankly, Texas would be a team that could actually be that team uh, when you watch them. Uh, visiting with Fran Fraschella of ESPN. I want to ask you about two other teams in the Big 12, and then we'll shift our focus to tonight's game. Uh, yeah. And and that is your early take on what you've seen so far from Texas Tech and West Virginia in, in the early stages. Yeah. Well, I don't think Texas Tech is as good as they were last year. I just think they had a, a perfect storm of mid-major transfers who just fit together really well, you know, um, Guys like Adonis Arms, who's in the G League now, Kevin O'Banner, who's still there. Um, now, they're not going to get the big kid that transferred out of uh, Utah Valley until probably January 1st. And he's legitimately a really solid, above average, uh, you know, all big, all conference Big 12 player. So I think the jury's out on them. And then West Virginia, I thought, did a poor job in the portal last year, taking some mid major transfers that, quite frankly, weren't good enough to play in the Big 12. And I think they have a different kind of group this year, and uh, and and they seem to be a, a, a one of those uh, under the radar Bob Huggins teams that he has every four or five years. So uh, they could be dangerous. Fran, uh, from the, from the Texas standpoint, I, I was kind of blown away by this, and I even asked Chris about it in the post game after the Gonzaga game, just how poised they look. And they've got you know Tyrese Hunter was a Big Twelve freshman of the year. Jabari Rice has won a lot of college games, but yeah. even the freshmen, it didn't look like that moment was too big for them. I don't know if you got that vibe during that game, but I felt like that was one real redeeming quality about Texas and, and that one big test they've had this year. I uh, couldn't believe, couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. I, I've even told Chris Beard this. Um, I didn't think Texas was particularly fun to watch last year. Um, and Chris did a good job, 22 wins. You know, I think it was the high, uh, second highest seed they've had since 2010 in the tournament. Um, I, but I went to practice uh, mid-October and was blown away by the chemistry and the, the cohesiveness. And that would make sense in year two when you have a guy like Chris Beard who's always talking culture. Um, and for whatever reason last year, I just don't think it all came together. Um, this is a completely different Texas team. In fact, I still don't think they have a ton of NBA prospects. Certainly, 
Dylan Mitchell is after that. I think it's kind of iffy, but doesn't mean they're not a really good college team with really good players. And uh, what stood out to me in the Gonzaga game and it may stand out tonight is the day before when I was at practice, the attention to detail in getting ready to play Gonzaga was as good as I've ever seen from a team. I saw Chris Beard do this at Texas Tech. Uh, I remember distinctly when they beat Kansas at, at Allen Fieldhouse by 14 or 15, Craig, when uh, mm-hmm. Keenan Evans was a senior. Yep. Um, but yesterday's practice, again, the attention to detail was as good as I've seen. I'm anxious to see if they can carry that out. I think the chemistry of this team is outstanding. Um, they've got a lot of pieces. Their bench is better. Uh, every guy they've brought in is a winner, either a state champion or guys that played in the NCAA tournament and won last year. And then you got five guys who won a game in the NCAA tournament at a return for Texas. So I'm, I'm impressed. Let's put it that way. I'm far more impressed than I was a year ago. Fran, let me get your thoughts on this matchup here with Creighton. This is a team that, that has five starters and double figures. They don't go deep in their bench. And yeah. another thing that kind of struck me in watching a lot of tape on them and watching them play in Maui, and they played very well, is that yeah. they don't do much uh, switching on ball screens. So the, it's a team where if you're, if you're on your game uh, in terms yeah. of your perimeter shooting, you can really take advantage of that. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, we uh, checked my Twitter feed out today. I did a breakdown of their pick-and-roll coverage. And, uh, Craig, in the NBA, you see what we call a lot of drop coverage. When you have a big guy like Kalkbrenner, it makes no sense to either switch him out on the perimeter and onto a guard. Uh, and so what they do really well is they fight over a ball screen with their guard and take away the three-point shot and make you drive it into the lane, and now you have to make what I call a tough two over a seven-footer with 7-3 seven, lane. So they do it a little differently than you see, like the four- and five-out teams where you know we're accustomed in the Big 12 to see a lot of free switching, Kansas, Baylor, Texas, et cetera. But because of the big fella, and he was the defensive player of the year in the Big East, their coverage of pick and rolls is a little different than what we normally see in the Big 12. So does that mean that a guy like a Jabari Rice who has an excellent shot fake, a ball fake, can can kind of make that drive? Because I've heard you say it, my broadcast partner Eddie yeah. Oren says it all the time about making drivers shooters and shooters drivers. Well, see, my, my, my philosophy as a coach was, you got a shot blocker in there, good, we're taking it right out, you big fella, and we're going to get you into foul trouble. So you can't be you can't be uh, tentative. Uh, now the thing is, unless you are a really good 14 foot pull up shooter, and you know what the analytics say, and I'm not necessarily big on that. You know, a guy like Jabari Rice or Tyrese or even Marcus Carr tonight, they get into that high, what I call the high paint area, and you're going to shoot it. You better make it because you're not getting three points for it, and you're also shooting over a seven footer. So. You, you got to beat them up the floor and not let him get settled into their half court defense. And then when you do it, get downhill, you got to attack him, try to get him in foul trouble. But you can't be tentative. Um, and, and if you know, I'm speaking preaching to the choir here, but if there's any word that's not in Chris Beard's uh, vocabulary, it's tentative. So I, I think they'll be. All right. Hey, uh, Fran, we appreciate you taking the time to join us and look forward to seeing you over at uh, Moody Center tonight. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. 
Always a pleasure, Craig. See you guys later, Jeff. You, you bet. Thanks, Fran. That's Fran Frischella, outstanding uh, analyst. I, I have uh, he he's right. I've actually known his wife longer than I've known him. <laughs> she, the former Meg O'Connell worked in the Southwest Conference office as the assistant to Bo Carter back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. She's great. He's great. It's 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 it, uh, it's always great to see them and uh, visit with them. And Meg comes down quite often in games uh, at Texas. Uh, she'll she'll make the road trip down. You know, with with Fran. Hey, any reason we have to bring up the Southwest Conference? I'm yeah. all about it. I don't. I, I don't think Meg probably makes many trips with him to Ames, or or, not. Or, or 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 Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, probably not. But uh, but I know that that she'll she'll make the the run down to Waco. Worst road trip in the conference, and I stand by that. I challenge anybody to debate me on that. The Manhattan's the worst road trip in the Big Twelve. It's in the conversation. That's for sure. Yeah. It's in it's in the conversation. Uh, Those are my words, not Craig's. Well, that Manhattan's the worst road trip in the Big Twelve. I mean, you know, uh, at least with Iowa State, you can fly into a major airport in Des Moines. I, I get your point, and with and with Morgantown, you're flying into a major airport in Pittsburgh. It's only an but, hour away. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I I, I get what you're you saying. Get to Manhattan, fly into Kansas City, and then drive I don't know three hours west into BFE, and then all of a sudden. You see Manhattan. So you got to get one of those two two flights a day that go from <laughs> DFW into Manhattan. Yeah. Two. It's the same thing with Stillwater. They have two a day that go in there. Uh, all right. Uh, coming up, we're going to have our Flex 30 update. We have another Longhorn notebook still to come, as well as we continue to light the tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM Light the Tower on the Horn, paying some tribute to the late Christine McVie, who passed away yesterday at the age of 79. This was her solo effort for her back in 1984, got a hold on me, but of course, uh, known best for her work during her years of Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, Lindsey Buckingham, and John McVie, her husband, Mick Fleetwood, and the whole bit, one of the iconic bands. This, by the way, fellas is a staple, a Yacht Rock staple tune. Okay. This kind of fits right in the Yacht Rock, to borrow the, the uh, word, that the phrase that Greg Tepper uses so much, power nexus. Goes right into the power nexus there. Steve, why you got the lights off in there? He is kind of sitting in, hanging out in the dark in there. You are. What's, what's oh, it's out. Oh, yeah, I guess it is kind of dark in there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, how can he see anything? It's yeah. Barely. It's going to be bad for your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe, tell us Maybe that was why he had trouble finding the switch. When trying we to save John some money Bishop on the electric on the, bill around here? Yeah. yeah. That's Something what I'm like that. How okay. much to turn on one light? How, just, yeah. with one light. <laughs> one light. How much for one rib, right? <laughs> uh, there you go, Craig. Yes. Good job. How much for Look one rib? Look at that. 
Craig's buying into our shtick yeah. now, Snoop. <laughs> Making progress here. On occasion, it is after all the holiday season. Uh, all right, uh, let's Buddy. get to a Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. And, and by the way, our thanks again to Fran Frischella joining us there to preview the college basketball matchup, big time matchup tonight between Texas and Creighton. All right, a couple of things here on um, on the Flex Thirty update. Um, first of all, we were talking about this at the top of the show. We had a a three hour, really, it was about three hours fifteen minutes. Three hours. Yeah, right? three hours. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, Zoom meeting with the the entire staff last night in really vetting a lot of the candidates for the first ever All-Flex team. And uh, the finalists will be announced next Tuesday. And then the following Tuesday, the 13th, which is the day before the state high school football championships kick off, beginning at 11 o'clock in the morning with the 1A Division uh, 2 matchup. So uh, Six-man, folks. That's it. 1A six-man Division 2. Uh so uh, that's when we will announce the day before that the uh, All Flex team, the first ever All Flex team. So a lot of work going into it. We're still encouraging people. We we have a good working list, but we're not going to stop encouraging you. To, at least uh, you've got, got today and tomorrow. Try to go ahead and, and see if you can get, you know, if you, hey. if there's somebody you think we're leaving off the list, let us know. Is that how the the all district meetings go? Uh, a lot. Of, well, a lot of it's coaches or coaches will sit around and they'll they'll nominate guys and coaches will vote for it. And there's there's discussions that go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Now, I don't think there's a lot of f bombing dropped like it was with you well, last night. No, I, I, six I've times heard, in thirty seconds. <laughs> I've heard snoop of situations where that those things can get a little heated. I, w- I would hope so. You know, that, but, dude, uh, that is you know still today. How many years ago did you get your all district honorable mention thing? And today it still stands. Uh, like I said, it was a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> it felt sorry for me. Mm, but it's, but, but that, to, that was fun. scrub something on the way out. I do uh, imagine maybe like an all district thing going like that. Like heck no, like. Ben Johnson is the MVP. No, anyway, you, you you went round and round on that. You were you were not, um, you know, you were not real happy with the way it was going early on. I'll I'll say this though, the the player in question, I think it ended up being that I was that I was talking about mm-hmm. during that discussion. The one that sparked all the F bomb. It, it was a outburst. it was a unanimous selection that yes, yes, this player is on the list. Yes. So. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it was good. It, it, that's just to let people know that it was. It was a it was lot of thought involved. was put into that thing. Yep, yes. this is not a responsibility anybody is mailing in or taking in lightly. Just want to let you know that. Okay, uh, with respect to games tonight, tonight Thursday across the state of Texas, there's a few. Whitesburg and Brock playing at uh, the Collins Athletics Complex in Denton. C H Collins. C H Collins. Uh, and. Uh, Remember, Brock started their season 0-4. They were the preseason number one. Snoop loves to take shots at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine about who's picked to be in. Who's not. When Hayes started 5-0, he's like, they didn't even have every single flex uh, pregame show. Snoop was like, Dave Campbell said they're not even going to be in the playoffs. 
<laughs> they, they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, was, yeah, you know. And Once was, you start 5-0, and oh, like, yeah. what do you want me to, to and, be like? And Brock started 0-4, and, and they yeah. were the preseason number one and in uh, 3A Division One, And now here they are in the Elite Eight. But they're playing Whitesboro, uh, a team they barely beat uh, on a uh, touchdown in the waning seconds. Uh, back in district play. So that, that's a game tonight. I once saw Tyrone Swoops play a game at the Collins Complex. Did you really? For White Right? Yeah, it was a neutral side game. I forgot who they were playing. Okay. The was, one time it, they made the playoff? It, it was really like the... Uh, no, this was actually a non-district game. It was like the the high school kid playing with the elementary school kids is really what it looked like. I got you. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Also, uh, the, uh, the matchup that'll be going on tonight, as we know, is in uh, 3A Division One. Snoop will be there down in San Marcos. Lano and Edna, the Edna Cowboys, at Rattler Stadium. It's a 7 o'clock kick, Snoop. Yeah, okay, thank you. You're going to make it there in time? Yes, well, well, I I might not be there at the beginning, but I'll I'll get the majority and finality. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, So uh, just, just to let folks know about that. There's some private school state championship action going on, including... Austin Hill Country, private six-man division one mm-hmm. against Sugarland Logos Prep. Uh, that's at the Waco ISD Athletic Complex tonight. Forward Covenant Classical against Pasadena First Baptist is tonight. Longview Christian Heritage against Bulverde Bracken Christian is tonight as well. So there it is. There is playoff football tonight on this Thursday. All right, let's move on. Next up is our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook that is brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert. Check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. Uh, was this about basketball or more football? Well, we'll do football, but I do want to get some basketball. Because I've got one piece of sound, too. Okay, I got to get to. I gotta, actually, Craig, let's go with your piece of sound first. Okay, yeah. this, is for the, now, this is from Longhorn Weekly two nights ago with Chris Beard. And we got the talking about... It kind of leads into a little bit of what you're saying with football, transfer portal. And we got to talking about guys, and Baylor Shireman, of course, is a South Dakota State transfer. Francisco Farabello is a, a, you know, a TCU transfer. And we know about the Texas transfers as well. And that was part of the conversation of what we were talking about in that moment. We'll coach against six or seven of our, six of our former players this season in college basketball. This Creighton game, Fabrello's playing great for them off the bench. He's their sixth man, one of the best shooters in college basketball. It's just part of it. And it's, uh, I think, the kind of purity of the game, the days of just kind of showing up and seeing the same players play for four or five years, that's just not the reality where we are right now with the portal and transfer rules. So lots of challenges every year. It's always a challenge coaching against the guy that you've coached before because he kind of knows what you're all about. How about coaching a guy, and this gets to Cindy's question, who played for the team you played before? You've got Christian Bishop. CB's going up against his former school, Creighton. Yeah, no doubt. And I know uh, CB had great respect for Coach McDermott, his time at Creighton. It's one of the things that really drove us to having such a high opinion of him. I remember the first phone call we had with CB, Christian Bishop, when he put his name in the portal. He had nothing but good things to say about Creighton. And that's really a test to his character. We have a lot of respect for Creighton's program. I know CB does too. This is 2022 Kyle's basketball. You're going to play against maybe your old coach from time to time, and you're going to play against some of your old teammates from time to time. So much like the NBA, today's world where sometimes you kind of forget where players are. This is college basketball. You can either adapt and adjust and figure out how to win within it, or you can get left behind pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, his thoughts there on the 
the inner workings of the portal as it as it has affected both of these rosters. So the cut I want to play is actually from post game in the Gonzaga game, and this is the question that uh, I asked Fran that we talked about, and I think this will be big for Texas tonight. That the moment on the floor didn't look too big for them against Gonzaga. So now you're well, you're the number two team in the country now. You've risen to that spot in the AP poll. The number seven team in the country is coming in. That poise, that steadiness is going to be needed tonight. This was Chris Beard's take on just how poised his team was in that Gonzaga game. Yeah, I think so. Great question. I think our freshmen, they they a little poise about them. They're not perfect, but they there's, yeah. And uh, certainly a guy like Rice um, holding himself accountable. You know, I thought he could have jump-stopped on that one and you know, it's it's fun as a coach. Um, you know, I, I want to get a piece of him, and I don't have to because he's getting a piece of himself, you know. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that comes to winning. You know, I think we got guys on our team that have won before, credit to their previous coaches, trainers, high school coaches, AU coaches, and then we're just trying to take it to the next step here. But I, I agree with that. I think um, we look like a team that's had a few guys that have, that have won before. You know, and I've coached other teams where – it's not the case, you know, like you win the first game of the season, it's like fireworks, chest bumps. It's like, I thought today there was a poise. Like we have a lot of respect for Gonzaga. We played really well tonight. This is the third game of the season. You know, it's don't get too out of line here. We got a lot of games left. So there you go. I think that's going to be key uh, for Texas tonight. Can they play with poise again? Yep. That's something I'll be monitoring from my seat on press row at, uh, at Moody Center tonight. Let's talk football. Craig, I know you've got some hot takes on this, some opinions. On the All Big Twelve team that was released yesterday, uh, Jalen Ford not the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. I don't have as big of a gripe with Max Duggan over Bijan Robinson, right? Because you've got an, the quarterback of an undefeated team who's right in the thick of the Heisman race. Yeah, he's probably going to be your Conference Player of the Year. And yeah. keep in mind, these awards are voted on by the Big Twelve coaches. These the are co- the coaches doing they it. Can't vote for your own guy, but these the, the coaches vote on these awards. But Craig, the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Felix and Aduke Ozoma from Kansas State. Seven and a half sacks, ten tackles for loss. That's the same amount of tackles for loss Jalen Ford did this year. But those seven and a half sacks, three of them came in their second Big 12 game against Texas Tech. In the other nine, uh, the other eight, conf- uh, how would that would be? The other seven, seven conference games they played? Yeah. Uh-huh. He, had, he had two sacks. Yeah. None yeah. against TCU, none against Texas. Actually, didn't have a sack in the last four games, and I know this turns into well, you know, this guy sucks, this guy's great. That's not what this is about. Felix Anaduke is almost a really good player. I just felt like when you look at the impact Jalen Ford had on this Texas team, there's some of those ball games they probably don't win. The, the Iowa State game for sure, you don't win if Jalen Ford doesn't make a couple of impact plays. So I just felt like his value should have been there for him to be Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. There's two things at work here. And if you can make uh, the the case um, for Felix Anzuti, um, I just his name just blew it. Anna and DK Ozoma and and Anna DK Ozoma. If you were to make a case for him, um, one of the things you could lean on would be stats. Except the stats just don't measure up. Right. There's the sack stat, and you pointed out when the stacks, sacks happened and when they didn't happen the rest of the regular season. So, there was a, he didn't have one against Texas, right. by That the would way. be two sacks in his last seven Big 12 games. Alright, so there was that. Every other key measurable defensive statistic, Jalen Ford had a noticeable, if not significant, 
edge. Every single one. Not one different one. Every other single one. Then when you add to it, okay, then you get to impact of games. You just laid out uh, what he did in impacting games. The Iowa State game, the Kansas State game, the Baylor game. Uh, those those things also had a pick in the Kansas game, and they were blowing that one open. But the but the other three were critical juncture moments in those games. So that's the other thing. So then you get down to the elephant in the room, and that is how many games did Texas win? Yeah, and it and it and it appears that that carried more weight with the coaches. The fact that Texas won eight games despite a head-to-head win over over Kansas State, uh, the fact that they finished behind them in the conference and won eight games, and Kansas State is playing in the Big 12 championship. There's no other heavy-duty, lean-on explanation that you can generate for why he was picked over Ford. By the way, I didn't even think Felix was the best defensive lineman in the Big 12 this year. Right. Because every time I watched Texas Tech play, Tyree Wilson was making plays. Yeah, Tyree Wilson had seven sacks and 14 tackles for a loss, and he missed two games. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I get where a guy can impact a team and a defense with what Kansas State did, but he did not make an impact in the game that they lost at home to Texas. And like you said, he didn't he didn't have uh, an impact in terms of sacks down the stretch. And I know what defensive players measurable goes into more than just sacks. But if you are judging judging a an individual award, and this was a conversation we got into last night with the All Flex team, what are you looking at? Probably first and foremost is the numbers, the statistics. Then you get into impact on games then you get into i think what uh what his team did but apparently the fact that kansas state is in the big 12 championship game in texas has not carried the most weight with a lot of these coaches yeah and uh, cb texted in and said hey kelvin banks was equally robbed for for freshman of the year that one's a little more understandable because for an offensive lineman you don't have statistics to quantify i mean you can look at pro football focus and whatever but richard reese was really good for baylor this year so he kind of became their lead back. So I don't, I don't have a, as much of a gripe with that one. Again, the Max Duggan over B. John Robinson, I don't have that much of a gripe with that one either. Those are understandable. The defensive player of the year bit, though, that's that's just wrong. Like Jalen Ford, Jalen Ford wasn't even a unanimous selection at linebacker. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 mean, you, I don't get that. You, you can't tell me the other nine coaches in this league didn't think he was at best the best linebacker in this conference? So it, it, it brings to mind a couple of things. You know, when people smell a rat or think there's something there. One, did they do what a lot of coaches do with their weekly AP ballot and let the media relations guy do it? Well, it's... And if so, did the media relations guy have an axe to grind or a bias or whatever? Or did the coach? So there's that. If, if, if people are thinking conspiracy theory along that that line I, I, I don't know I don't know I, I, I it just when I said that the deal last week about there's your big 12 defensive player of the year that that like any other call that I make in a game uh, it, it'll come organically from you it's not something I've thought of and rehearsed yeah. or anything like that that's what I appreciate about you Craig well thank you um, however to me it, it seemed obvious <laughs> Yeah, it, it, like I said, it kind of subconsciously called up when I said, "There's your national player of the year." When Kevin Durant hit that big three over AC Law, when Texas won that game in double overtime against A and M uh, back in 07, you just 
you know, it, it just appears to be that obvious, but apparently it was not that obvious. So, yeah. uh, deserve on the good side though, Jatavian Sanders very much deserving of that first team yep. All Big Twelve nod at yep. tight end. Uh, on the second team, Kelvin Banks getting on the second team on the offensive line, I thought was really good. Keandre Coburn yep. as a second team defensive tackle. The only guy I don't have, I have a gripe with that wasn't uh, that was omitted. A, that was omitted from the first or second team. He got an honorable mention. You realize today Barron had eleven tackles for I loss know. this year. I know. A, your Nickelback had eleven tackles for loss. Another guy who affected games yes. with what he did. So I felt like he he probably should have been on the second team, but you know at least at least he got the honorable mention in there. So. Yeah. All right. Can uh, he make the NFL? Today? Yeah. 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 He's still got some more work to do, but he can I, get there. You know, real quick, and I know we got a break. I don't. The the one all conference selection I don't think I've ever been as heated. Two thousand nine when Aaron Williams I don't even think made honorable mention yeah. all Big Twelve. I'm like he might have been the best DB other than Earl Thomas might have been the best DB in the conference that year. And you couldn't even give him an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, no. it just didn't make his sense. On so it's like what are you watching? Yeah, you know. So anyway, all right, we'll be back to wrap up uh, today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Hi, I'm Emma Smith. Maybe it's apropos as we get ready to close the program with some Christine McVee-led Fleetwood Mac. That since we were talking about this business of Jalen Ford not getting uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, that we should bump back with the song Little Lies. Hey, we've you know? got uh, more recognition for Longhorns, Craig. The National Special Teams Player of the Year Award, I didn't even know this was a thing, it's given annually to the best non-specialist in college football. Keaton Crawford and Maurice Blackwell, they're both finalists for that award. Excellent, excellent. All right, uh, it's going to wrap it up for today. We invite you to stay tuned. Chad and Say are up next. For Man Behind the Glass, Snoop Daniel, and for Jeff Howe, I'm Craig Way. We thank you for joining us. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock on Life the